The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. As you think about this week, I would dare say that there would be a lot of things that you could complain about. Anybody have some things that maybe didn't go so great in your life? Everybody with me this morning? You all right? All right, I'm going to preach a little bit if that's okay. Uh, we're going uh, to just think about it. Turn your brain on. I want you to look at the Bible with me, and I want you to get something from the Word of God. But uh, what, I, what I wanted to ask you is, uh, were there some things that this week that you could complain about? Were there some things that happened this week that you could thank God for? And uh, sometimes, isn't it just a matter of what we focus on? It's a matter of where our eyes are, as the Bible reminds us to look to Jesus. And as we look to Jesus, we're reminded that even though we go through difficulty, even though we go through trials and tribulations, that it is His purpose that He sends these things in our lives, that we would be conformed to the image of Christ, that we would be more like the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you. He says, hey, listen, don't think it's strange when hardship comes into your life. Don't think it's strange when difficulty comes into your life. Don't think it's strange when everything doesn't go the way that you think that it should go. Think sometimes after some of us trusted Christ, we thought our life was just going to get easier. The truth is, as we live in this world, we understand that we're going against the grain, that we're going upstream, that we're going uh, against the prince of the power of this world, that we're going against principalities and powers, and there's pressure and there's other voices as we try the spirits to see whether they are of God. We understand that God wants to work in us both the will to do of His good pleasure. And uh, there has to be a decision that we make as believers and say, God, I want to give myself to do Your will. God, I want to give myself to do what's Your blessing. Sometimes, again, we, we ask God, God, would You bless what I'm doing? When really we should busy ourselves in doing what He's blessing. We should say, God, help me to do what You're blessing. God, help me to do Your will. Nevertheless, as Jesus, by example, told us, not my will but Thine be done. And as believers, we understand that there is not some kind of hierarchy or, 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 or a, a kind of leveling up as, as believers. None of us are better than any of us. We're not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. We're to be sober, and we're to think of ourselves the way that we should. That without Christ, we're nothing. And sometimes we come in, we compare ourselves among ourselves, which is not wise. And we think some, sometimes that, oh, look how good I've become. Hey, listen, there's nothing good about us except the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing good about me except the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ wants to do His perfect purpose, His perfect will in your life. And the limit on the blessings in our lives is not God. It's us. God doesn't want to limit blessings. He wants to bless us with all spiritual blessings. And sometimes we're not enjoying all that is available to us, are we? You know, um, as we understand that we have different privileges. You ever go, anybody stay at a resort or a hotel? And when you stay at that place, don't they give you kind of a list of what is available to you? How many have gone and you've, you've not taken advantage of the things that were available to you? Or you saw the long list and you say, I could never enjoy all of these things in the time frame that I have here. Here's the truth. In Christianity, you could never enjoy here on this earth all of the spiritual blessings you have in Christ. That's why there's an eternity to come for us. That's why we have an eternal life. And as we enjoy what we have, sometimes it's just because we're not tapping into, we're not, we're not experiencing what we should be experiencing as believers in the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ because we're not, we're, not, uh, we're not learning them or we're not living them, we're not knowing them. And sometimes we just don't know. And that's why we need to study God's Word. And every day, hey, listen, don't, don't let this be the only day. I know some of you new believers. Don't let this be the only day that you open up the Word of God. 
Uh, open up the Word of God and read God's Word. Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every Word of God. And the only way that we grow is newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that she may grow thereby. Listen, you want to be clean? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. God's Word has a way of cleaning us, cleansing us, transforming us by the renewing of our minds, that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But we've got to, don't we, have to present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And here's the truth. We're not holy because of what we put on our bodies. We're not holy because of what we think of ourselves. We're not holy because of what we do with our hands. We're holy because He has made us holy. He has made us righteous. You may not feel holy. I ask, anybody feel holy today? Uh, sometimes this is as holy as we, we feel. We come to church and we say, I feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit more sanctified, a little bit more holy. The truth is, is us coming here doesn't make us holy. Sometimes it just turns us on to understanding and seeing and experiencing the holiness that we've been offered freely through Christ and the, the position that he's given us. And so all spiritual blessings, look at verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Look at those last two words. In Christ. Here's a question today. How much of these spiritual blessings are you enjoying today? How much of these spiritual blessings are you enjoying today? I'm glad that he doesn't leave us hanging on what the blessings are. You ever sometimes you call things blessings that are really not blessings from God. They're just good things that happen to us. And we think everything good that happens to us is a blessing. Here's the truth. Sometimes good things happening to you are not blessings. Sometimes good things happening to you. We know every good and perfect gift comes from above. But I tell you, you know, sometimes goodness in our lives are things that happen the way that we want them to happen. In other words, sometimes materialism and and having a lot of finances is a hindrance and not a help to us experiencing the Lord Jesus Christ the way that we should. Sometimes we got to be like Paul and say that I might know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. Could you say today, God, I'm thankful, and I understand that blessings are the sufferings that I'm going through right now. Let me ask you, can you thank God for the difficulties that you're facing? Can you thank God for the trials that you're going through? Can you praise God? Hey, listen, in everything, give thanks. I understand that we're not thankful for everything, but we need to be thankful in everything. Thanksgiving, that's a gratitude that comes from God and His Spirit that He produces in us. That we're thankful for everything. And I wonder, what is it today that you cannot thank God for? And I would challenge you to say, God, I'm going to thank you for that thing today. I'm going to praise you for that thing. As Job said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Can you bless the name of the Lord today for those things that He's taken from your life? Those things that you have struggled with? How much of these spiritual blessings are you enjoying today? Let me give you three things uh, that I believe that you need to have according to the text here to be able to enjoy these spiritual blessings. Number one, you need to lose your identity. You need to lose your identity. Jesus said this, whosoever shall lose his life shall find it. You know, when we received Christ as our Savior, we lost our life and really wasn't life. The Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We thought it was life, but how many now that you have received Christ and are experiencing today the eternal life that you have in Christ? I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. The eternal life that I have in the Lord Jesus Christ. How many know that when you compare that old life 
And such were some of you. When you compare that old life to this life you have now, you say, oh, that wasn't life. I thought I had life, but boy, now I have life in Christ. But here's the thing. It was an exchange, wasn't it? Jesus exchanged his position for yours. That's what justification means. He made you to be righteous. He made himself to be sin. That's what he did for us. He took our place so that we could have his place. Think about this. God gave you the resume of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave you the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. When God looks at us, he doesn't look at all the things that we've done or we're doing. Anybody struggle with any sin still? No, nobody, just me? Okay, that's fine. All right, I, you say, Pastor, we know that you struggle with sin. I, I know, I know I do too. Listen, I hope that someday I achieve the way that you have. But I understand that we, we, we still struggle with sin. Aren't you glad that we will never, never, no, never be condemned for that sin? We will never be separated. He says, never, no, never, no, never, no, never be separated. There's nothing on earth There's nothing in heaven, there's nothing in the past, in the present, the future that can separate us from the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing physical, there's nothing spiritual that can separate us from the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll get back into Romans series now. But I I tell you that uh, he says to us, we lose our identity. Sometimes the problem in the Christian life for why we're not experiencing all the spiritual blessings that we have is we got saved, we got born again, and we went back to that old life. We didn't lose our identity. We tried to hold on to it. Let me tell you, there's nothing about the old life that's worth holding on to. And there's nothing about the old life that you're going to take to heaven with you. It's all going to be gone. One day this robe of flesh, we're going to drop. One day this incorruptible is going to put on, uh, this corruptible is going to put on incorruption. This mortal is going to put on immortality. How many glad for that song we sang? No more sickness, no more pain, no more parting over there. I'm glad that we're not going to take this old life with us. He's going to give us a new body. He's going to, give us, uh, he's going to uh, glorify us as He sanctified us. But here's the truth. As we read in verse number 3, that word, in Christ. Think about this. All spiritual blessings are not in you. All spiritual blessings are not in the world. All spiritual blessings are in Christ. So here's the truth this morning. You must be in Christ to experience all spiritual blessings. Let me ask you a question. Are you in Christ? The Bible says, He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Are you in Christ today? Has there been a time in your life where you confessed your sins to God? Where you repented of those sins and you cried out to God and asked Him to save you? I tell you, it's not in a prayer that you prayed. It's not an experience that you had. It's not an emotional thing that uh, uh, took place. It's a spiritual thing where the Holy Spirit of God used His Word and stirred your heart, convicted you of your sin, and changed positions with you, gave you life. And I wonder today, are you enjoying that abundant life that He gave you? If any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. See, it's, it's real simple. He says... You believe and you receive. He says, and I'll give you the power to become. Jesus said to those disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You know what he was saying? If you follow me, if you, if you believe and you follow me, I'll do the making. I'll do the becoming in your life. Here's the thing. The key to the Christian life when it comes to your identity has nothing to do with you trying harder. It has nothing to do with trying harder. Sometimes we come to church 
and we get nothing but longer lists. How many, anybody have long enough lists in your life already? How many are not doing all your to-do list already? We have that to-do list. How many on your to-do list you have uh, get up in the morning? How many feel good when you check that one off? Boy, I got up. Some days that's an accomplishment. You say, I, I, I got up. Sometimes we just put things on the list that we kind of automatically do because we like to achieve some goals. But I tell you sometimes that we, we find our identity in the things that we're doing. It's not about longer lists. It's about deeper love. He says, have a deeper love. Love me. The greatest commandment is that you would love God, that you would love each other. If we can't do that, then we're failing in every other commandment. But if we do that, then we're, not, we're keeping all the other ones. I tell you, if we love God, we won't sin against God. And when we do, hey, listen, we'll get right with him because we love him. You must lose your identity. He said, I'm the door. By me, if any man enter it, he shall be saved. Salvation is not in anyone else but in Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of people today in our culture say, I believe in God. Hey, listen, thou doest well. The devil believes and trembles. It's not enough to believe in God. You believe in God, Jesus said, believe also in me. You believe in God, believe also in me. See, you can believe in God, but you don't have a change in your life till you believe on Christ. Because the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Hey, listen, let me tell you, the name of the Lord is Jesus Christ. That's his name. Jesus, the man, Christ, God, the God-man, Jesus Christ. You believe on him. It's the translation of God uh, to us, that we might know him, that we might be saved, that we might be born again. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Number one, lose your identity. Number two, learn your identity. Learn your identity. Here's the truth. A lot of times we're not experiencing what we should be experiencing when it comes to our spiritual blessings because we haven't learned who we are in Christ. Let me tell you, there's no other way to learn it than reading God's Word. There's no, uh, there's no cliff notes. There, uh, you don't need the Bible for dummies. It's already like that. God already made it that way for us. You think God put these deep things in for us and said, oh, I'll make it really hard for them to understand. No, He said, I'm going to give you my spirit to be able to teach you all things. Be able to teach you all things. You know, there, there's sometimes we think, well, it's, I've, got to, I've got to get a PhD. I've got to get some kind of degree. You don't need a degree. It, it's, it's not some kind of hard uh, to understand book. It's just bread. It's just bread. You just have to eat it. You just have to, you can examine it, you can study it, you can understand. But I'll tell you, you just need to eat it every day. You've got to take it in. There's no quick way to learning your identity except for getting into God's Word daily and studying God's Word. Learn your identity. You must learn who you are in Christ. You know what all the believers are not having victory in their life right now because they don't know who they are in Christ. It's not that they're not saved. They just don't know. That's why every believer needs to be discipled. It's the truth. Every believer needs to, hey, we have a discipleship program. If you're struggling in your Bible study, join it. Be a part of it. Does that mean you're going to learn everything? No, but you'll be a lot better off. You have somebody to pray with you, somebody to help you, somebody to encourage you. And that's, that's important. You know, I understand that the church cannot go as far as I can take it. The church is the church. The church is the body. The church is the people. It's not up to me to take it. I've got to preach God's word, perfect the saints for the work of the ministry, to edify the body of Christ. I tell you, we all need to edify each other. We came here to consider one another and to provoke one another to love and good works. Hey, today your job is to provoke someone, not to wrath, but to love and to good works. That's why we gather. That's why we come. You must learn who you are in Christ. If we're in Christ, then we're what? 
We're new creatures, right? We're new people. We have a new identity. And such were some of you, but now you're clean. Look at these with me. Look what he says your identity is. He doesn't leave us hanging. He doesn't say this is what your purpose is and then not tell us. He goes right through the passage and he tells us what our identity is. Look at verse number three. You are blessed. You are blessed. Aren't you glad that as a believer you don't have to feel blessed to be blessed? You are blessed. You're blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ. Pastor, I've really had a tough weekend. I've had a terrible week, I'll tell you. I'll just be honest. I've had a terrible week. You say, Pastor, uh, what's the matter? You had a terrible week? Hey, listen, sometimes we just have terrible weeks, don't we? You know what I understand? I'm just flesh, just like you are. We're going to have ups and downs. There's ebb and flow to life. But I'm glad I'm not living under the circumstances. I'm living above them. I'm living above the circumstances. Every New Testament church that we see in the Bible, they learn to live above the circumstances. They learn to live above the times. They learn to live above the culture. Not above in a sense of that we would stick our nose up and think that we're better, but above in that we're in heavenly places, the Bible says, seated together in heavenly places, that our spiritual blessings are in heavenly places in Christ. Hey, listen, living above is part of your identity. Live higher than what you are. Listen, you're blessed. That's what he says. Look at verse number four. You are chosen in love. You are chosen in love. I don't know about you, but that's awesome. There's one thing that I tell you that we will not understand, and that is the mind of God. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. None of us can fully explain or understand all of what we have in Christ through the salvation that he's offered to us. Now we see through a glass darkly. One day we're going to know him. We're going to know even as also we're known, the Bible says. We're going to be like him and see him as he is. But right now we just don't fully have a, a grasp or an understanding of all that what, uh, we ha- what Christ has done in salvation for us. Think about this. Christ knew you before the world was formed. He knew you before he created all things. That he chose us. He says, you've not chosen me, I've chosen you. That's one of the greatest things to know about, uh, about being a Christian. He picked me. Hey, listen, it would be easy for us to say we picked him. Who wouldn't pick him? Are you with me? Who wouldn't pick him? When you see him and you understand who he is, we'd all pick him. But listen, he picked us. He chose us. And that, that's a great thing for us to understand. You say, who has he chosen? Everybody who comes to him in faith. Everybody, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everybody that comes to him in faith. It's not our job to try to figure that out. It's our job to go and tell people the gospel. Let the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God do His work in the hearts of people. Aren't you glad this morning as you sit that God chose you? You're chosen in love, the Bible says. Look at verse number 5. You're adopted. You're adopted. You know what we know is what Jesus said. Uh, We were not adopted into God's family. We were born into God's family. You know what our adoption has to do with? Our adoption has to do with our position in Christ. Our identity in Christ. See, what do you mean? Well, when someone was adopted in, in these Bible times, they were, they were graduated to a full position, an adult position. You know what? God doesn't leave us as children. He gave us full rights, full benefits, a full inheritance to be enjoyed, get this, on day one of salvation. You think about that. You don't have to graduate in your Christian walk to, to get all that he has given you in Christ You get it on day one because he's graduated you, he's given you, he's chosen you, he's adopted you into that position in the full inheritance in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this, verse number five. 
you're well-pleasing in him. Having predestined us on the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, you're well-pleasing in him. Listen, I will never be pleasing to God based on what I do. Based on what I, you know, some Christians are living their life that way. Uh, Sometimes I'm pleasing, sometimes I'm not. You know why we're pleasing to God? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You know, we have Christ. He's pleased with Christ, and so he's pleased with us. You know, there's times where we behave in the flesh in a way that's not pleasing to God. There's times that we behave in the flesh in a way that is not according to our identity. You know what this does? It calls us back to our purpose. Calls us back to say, hey, listen, you are pleasing to Christ. Live pleasing to Christ. You are this. You are adopted. You are chosen. Live according to your identity. Aren't you glad we don't have to earn these statuses? These are just blessings that he gives us. Hey, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. But by grace have we been saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy that he saved us. You're well-pleasing in him. Verse number six, look at it. You are accepted. Anybody ever get rejected? Anybody not get chosen? Ever not get picked for the team? Ever not get picked for the friend? Ever been betrayed? Ever been despised and rejected? Listen, you're in good company. The Lord Jesus Christ was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Hey, listen, he did all of that for us. He was rejected so we could be accepted. He, was, he, he, he became sin so that we might become righteous. Think about that. He became a reject so that we could become accepted. Listen, his own father turned his back. He said, my God, my God, why I self forsake? He was rejected his own father for us. God turned his back on him for us. That's what he did for us. You want to know how much God hates sin? Look at the cross. That doesn't speak to us that God is tolerant towards sin. If he wouldn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how much shall he not freely give us all things? That's what he tells us. You're accepted. Listen, you may feel, say, I don't feel accepted. Listen, you are accepted. That's why I'm saying you need to learn this. This is something you receive by faith, by the way. You say, I don't feel it. I didn't know this. You just have to believe it. That's what the Bible says. This is what God has made you. You're accepted. Look at verse number seven. You are redeemed. You are redeemed. He bought you back. He purchased you. The Bible says we're not our own. We're what? Bought with a price. You with me? We're bought with a price. That price was the precious precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're redeemed. Verse 7, we're forgiven. Let me tell you something. When you 1 John 1, 9, when you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You're not getting a new forgiveness. Jesus Christ is not being killed anew and refreshed on the cross for you. You're exercising the forgiveness you already have in Christ. You're going to him and saying, God, I'm, I'm claiming the fact that you said I've been forgiven. I've been cleansed from all unrighteousness. I'm not getting a new cleansing, but as Jesus taught the disciples, we don't need a new cleansing in our bodies, but sometimes we need our feet washed, don't we? Sometimes he just comes and washes our feet because in our travels and our journeys in this life, our feet get dirty. Anybody know what it means when you're, you're a Christian, you come in, you feel like you got dirty feet because you've been in this world 
and you've kind of been around some things, and you know, and listen, some things in my heart and mind that I feel, and listen, God never intended you to feel guilty, to go through this life feeling guilty. You know, the devil's the accuser of the brethren. You know why the, why the Holy Spirit of God comes and convicts you of sin? Because he wants to restore you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to, he wants to fellowship with you. You know what the devil wants to do? Reject you. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. He wants you to not understand your identity in Christ. Because if you don't learn it, you're not going to do what the next point is. You're not going to live it. You're not going to live it. Look, notice what he says. You're forgiven. You're rich. Verse 7 and 8. How many say, I wish I was rich? The Bible says you are rich. Not by the things of this world. Not by material possessions. But here's the truth. Every single one of us is rich in Christ. You know, all of us, when we get to heaven, none of us are going to take our bank bank account with us, our material things. That's just all wood, hay, and stubble. It's going to be gone. You know, none of us are going to take that with us. So get this. We're all going to be rich in Christ. We're all going to have... But listen, there's going to be... uh, He's coming bringing rewards with him, the Bible tells us, as we stewarded this life that he's given us and we lived it unto him, to his glory. He's lavished on us. That's what he says. You're rich, verses 7 and 8. Get this. Verses 9 and 10, you're called... You're called. Verses 11 and 12, you have a purpose. You have a purpose. Verse 13, you are safe. You are safe. Isn't that great in the world that we feel terror, in the world that we feel tribulation, in the world that we feel despair? Get this, Christian. You don't need to worry. You don't need to fret. God's not giving you the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. You don't need to be afraid. At what time I'm afraid I'll trust in him. Hey, listen, he said, fear not, fear not. He doesn't want us to fear because you're safe in him. Get this, Christian, nothing can pluck you out of the Father's hand. Nothing. Nothing can hurt you, nothing can harm you. And get this, if something does hurt you and harm you and God's allowed in your life, it's either for your chastening so that you might be restored in fellowship or it's for your sanctification because God's trying to help you grow and be more like Jesus Christ. And as we look at our lives, we say, God, I can embrace every trial, every sickness, every tribulation, every difficulty, because I have all spiritual blessings in Christ. Get this, you are sure. Look at verse number 14, which is the earnest. You know what that means? That's the insurance. That's the proof, the earnest money, what he's put up, what he's, what he's proven to us. You know what the earnest of your faith is? The Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God. You don't have to remember, get this, You don't have to remember the day you got saved. You don't have to remember the prayer that you prayed, although that's helpful to uh, remember that and thank God for it. But I tell you, when your brain gets old and tired and you begin to forget things, and old age begins to set in, get this, you are sealed a day of redemption through the Holy Spirit of God. It's not in your experience. It's the witness within. It's the Holy Spirit in. Do you have a witness? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Is He within you? He's in every believer. And the Holy Spirit of God is the one that lives inside you. Sometimes you think the pastor knows everything because he gets up to preach and he preaches right at you. Preaches right at you. I tell you, it's his word. It's his spirit. When God's word is preached, he makes it applicable to our lives. He puts it in our hearts by his spirit. You know the spirit within you saying, that's true, that's true, that's true, because it's God's word. Because he doesn't speak of himself. He speaks of Christ. He speaks of God's word. He says, hey, listen, listen to that. Uh, uh, Believe that. Trust that. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Do you have that witness within? 
you are sure. Verse 14. And then lastly, and we're done. Live your identity. Live your identity. We said lose your identity. Learn your identity. Live your identity. Paul begins the book of Ephesians with some some positional things. He teaches some positional doctrinal things about our salvation, about who we are in Christ, about our identity. And then in the back half of the book, he gives us some practical things. He tells us how to live the identity that we've learned. That's what this whole series is about. It's about learning and living your identity. Learning and living your purpose, your destiny. Not my purpose, not your purpose, not this church's purpose. Christ's eternal purpose that he has told us all. And listen, you need to grow in God's grace and knowledge. Every believer, every person. Hey, listen, you know what I want? Every believer that's here today, every, every person that's a part of Open Door, I want you to say, God, I want you to have your perfect way in my life. God, I want you to sanctify me. God, take the things from my life. Set me apart for your purposes, for your will. How many know there's some things we need to lose today? Some things we need to lose. Maybe some fear. Maybe some doubt. Maybe some guilt. Maybe some condemnation. Maybe some judgment. Hey, anybody need to lose some of those things today? Anybody carrying those heavy burdens as believers? You got some guilt in your heart today? You're carrying them. They're like baggage. You never meant to carry it. You know, God will not, through his spirit, enable you to carry things he never, he never equipped you to carry, never told you to carry. Sometimes that's why Christians are so burdened down and not experiencing the spiritual blessings they have in Christ. Notice verse 12, that we should be, that we should be, he says, Verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. You know what he's saying? This is what you should be because this is what you are. This is how you should live because this is what I've told you you are. You know, belief always affects behavior. What I believe will change how I live. What what I trust, where my faith is, we talk about faith all day long. But faith, uh, first, first of all, the object of our faith is so important, isn't it? If you're facing you, you're facing this world, you're facing your finances, sometimes those things are exposed through trials, aren't they? God says, hey, listen, you're facing the wrong place. You've been trusting the wrong things. Trust in me. I have to take away some things from your life so that you will learn to trust me, so you will learn to follow me. Didn't he say to those those disciples, leave your nets, leave your nets, follow me. Take up your cross, follow me. You know, there's some things that need to be left behind. I don't know what your nets are today. But in order for you to follow Christ, you've got to leave your nets. Matthew had to leave that seat of exchange. He said to the rich young ruler, go sell all that you have and give to the poor. Not that those things, not that doing that would save him, but that's what he needed to lose in order that he might gain Christ. He needed to lose his identity. He was trusting in his wealth, in his riches. He thought he was good because of all that he possessed. God said, you need to lose what you're trusting in so you can gain Salvation through Christ. Some people, he says, hey, listen, it's hard for the rich to come to Christ. Why? Because they trust in their material wealth and possessions. That's why I said in the beginning, sometimes material wealth is not blessing. Sometimes you say, oh, I'd love to try and see if it might be a blessing in my life. God, please try me this way. We, we would love for God to try us that way. Sometimes he sends us these hard things, these difficulties, so that we might live our identity, that we should be to the praise of his glory. God gave these blessings to be lived out and enjoyed. It isn't that some Christians are richer. It isn't that some Christians are wiser or more privileged than others. It's that some are living out their identity, enjoying what's available to every believer. Get this. 
All of these things are available to all of us. All spiritual blessings are available to all that are in Christ. I say that first to those that are believers. If you're not sure you're in Christ, here's the thing today. Cry out to God. Ask Him to save you. He will. I tell you, that sin that is weighing you down, that doubt, that guilt, that fear, it's in your life. Maybe there's never been a time where you trusted Christ as your Savior. Would you today call on Him in salvation? Would you trust, and as we sang this morning, His perfect work on the cross, His resurrection, His death, His burial, and His resurrection. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you'll believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, that He's alive, the Bible says you'll be saved. Aren't you glad we don't serve a dead God? We, we don't serve, uh, we don't serve a, a, a religion either. And here's the truth. We don't have a religion that was some kind of private, uh, private uh, uh, revelation to some man alone, and then it was a private, uh, private, private all the way. Christ was crucified publicly. He lived publicly. He died publicly. He resurrected publicly. He appeared publicly. He ascended publicly. You know, life of Jesus Christ is able to be examined because it was all public. He's not trying to hide from you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to trust him and believe on him. And I wonder today, maybe some of the decisions that you need to make is that you just need to get into the Bible. It's a new year. It's a good time to say, God, I want to read the Bible every day. You say, well, I try that every year. Try it again. You say, well, sometimes I've already, anybody tried to do that and you've already missed a day? Ooh, shame, shame. You already missed a day? Hey, listen, let me tell you. If you didn't eat today, eat tomorrow. Eat tomorrow. How, how long can you go without food, really? Spiritually, the church is anemic and weak because we're not eating. We're not learning. You know, this is important. Not just eat and meditate, but his delights in the law of the Lord and his law doth he meditate day and night. I tell you also, as believers, that we would study to show ourselves approved unto God. Workmen that needeth not to be shaped. Get this, rightly dividing the word of truth. We have so much bad division of the word of God today. We need to rightly divide it. Learn it. Study it. Make your life until Jesus comes about studying God's word. You'll be blessed. Hey, listen, if you'll study it and you'll learn it, and get this, don't, be a, don't deceive yourself. Don't learn it and listen to it and then don't do it. Hear the word. Live the word. Receive the word, let it change you. By the way, if we truly received it by faith, it will change us and how we live our lives. You know, you'll start going, man, I don't know who I am anymore. It's almost like I'm not me anymore. Can I say this? That's a good thing. It's a good thing. You don't need to be you. You need to be Jesus. You need to be like him. Wouldn't it be we a better church if we were more like Jesus? We're not trying to hold on to our past and ourselves. We're saying we're letting go. We're losing this identity so we can learn of the Lord Jesus Christ so we can live out what we've learned by faith. Listen, it's only going to happen through God's supernatural enabling. That's grace. The grace of God. I said this at the beginning. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of the word grace being thrown around today. But let me tell you, the Bible clarifies it for us. The grace of God that bringeth salvation. Because there's a lot of other grace, if you would, that people... The people turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. The grace of God that brings salvation teaches us. What does it teach us? What does it learn us as we learn the word of God? Say, that was in proper English. I know, that was on purpose. 
learn. He says, I want you to learn this, that you would deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and live godly and soberly and righteously. That's what God's grace will. It's a supernatural enabling to do the will of God. That's what he does for us. It's his unmerited favor. You know, you have favor in the Lord Jesus Christ today, not by your works, but through Christ, because you're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.